Welcome back to the Inside the Huskies podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Garcia, joined by my co-host, Tom Burton. We're here talking about various NIU athletes and coaches throughout the semester for an update about what's happening in their lives. Our guest today is only in his second year as head coach, but has managed to turn around the soccer program entirely. He definitely has the best accent out of all the coaches at NIU. Men's soccer head coach, Ryan Swan, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you, guys. So, Coach Swan, you want to talk to us a little bit about your season thus far? Yeah, season's gone off to uh, you know a pretty good start. I guess better than the start. We're almost at the end of it here, but uh, we're eight, seven, and one at this point, and um, heading into the final weekend of the regular season against West Virginia, who've already won the regular season uh, MAC tournament uh, conference, and so we'll see how that game goes, and then we'll start conference uh, tournament play on Tuesday. You guys had a. Your best start since 2011. What do you think kind of fueled your guys in the early going of the season? You know, I think there was a, a completely different environment this year. A lot of new faces. Uh, guys that returned were, you know, knew what the expectations were this year. Uh, everyone came in in great shape. And I think everyone was just excited. And there was just a new energy around the, the, the program that's kind of propelled us into some, some great results. You, you talk about the new energy, new environment. I've talked to a few of your players, and they dedicate that energy and that environment to you. How do you feel about that? Like, what did you integrate coming in here? Yeah, I mean, that's great to hear. But, you know, and obviously it's not just myself. You know, obviously Coach Bordelon and Coach Mathis, uh, I think the three of us knew what the goals were for the, the program this year, and we've kind of been focusing on it for the last 18 months or however long we've been here. So through our recruiting, through the way we were coaching, through the things that we had planned for preseason. So, um, you know, it's great to hear that the guys are, are recognizing that and, and giving us some of the props. But really it's they've got to come in with the right mentality and the right attitude. And I think, uh, you know, a big, big part of it goes to the recruiting side. And, you know, Coach Bordelon and Coach Mathis were working tirelessly on that. But we felt really good about the guys coming in. And for the returners, they bought into, here's what the vision is. If, if you want to succeed, you got to do this to, to stay. And so they've bought in, and it's been great all around. You, uh, you mentioned recruiting. Um, would it be fair to say that maybe this year you were able to kind of recruit your team more? I know you started last year. Uh, you came in. Like maybe more your team now. Is it fair to say that? Yeah, I think so. It's uh, you know we've talked a lot about this. That it's very difficult for student athletes to have to deal with a coaching change, and um, I think it was pretty drastic. Maybe just from the way that the previous coaching staff had looked at the game is how I look at it and how my staff looks at it. So when guys have to go through that change, they've been recruited for one style and maybe been asked to do something different. It it can be a big challenge. Uh, some of the guys have stepped up to, to that challenge and have had outstanding se seasons here and uh, others did not and you know chose to, to move on. But we brought in a lot of new faces, guys we were confident could could play the game the way we wanted it to, bring the energy we wanted. And um, yeah, it's really been positive all around. Yeah. So you mentioned coaching style. I was able to be around you guys when you first started here during right, your first yeah. season. And I thought that was pretty cool where you guys were able to connect with athletes, like not in the same way other coaches normally interact. You guys are like, I felt like it was like a youthful environment. You were able to understand your players and talk to them on a different level. Is that fair to say? I, I think so. And, you know, both uh, Coach Mathis and Coach Bordelon played for me uh, as student athletes. And, you know, we still wow. like to get out there and we, we enjoy getting the ball down and, and playing. And we remember what how, it, how fun it is to play soccer. So we, we're always conscious about that when we're planning our sessions, when we're planning the season is the game's meant to be fun. We enjoy it. We still play in the Takao Breck League, uh, you know, during the winter months. Oh, so, really? That's yeah, a, so, so we know that it's a game and it's fun. And obviously the results matter. But uh, 
to keep us motivated, keep the, the guys motivated, you, you know, we, we keep the fun side of it um, at the forefront of our thoughts. So you mentioned that Coach, I didn't know this, so Coach Borland and Mathis played for you. Right, yeah. Where at? Down at Drury University. At Drury okay, University, yeah. wow. So did you win a uh, ship with them as well? Did you? Because I know you won a few yes. titles over there. So uh, Coach Borland and I got to Drury at the same time. So he was a freshman, my first year as an assistant there, and then his senior year was my first year as head coach, and we, we won the conference championship regular season and the, the the conference tournament went to you know we were number two in the country and uh, went quite deep into the the national tournament coach Mathis unfortunately never got to raise the <laughs> the silverware but he did go to a conference championship game he went to the national tournament I think two or three times so they both had they were both outstanding players and had great careers I think at Drury as well so you you've had like familiarity with them in terms of this is not their first time you've worked with them so does that help you out with your coaching style yeah absolutely I think uh it was one of the reasons that they came here I think they they knew the the environment that that I'd be trying to build and I knew that they could be a big part of coming in and doing that and you know they had worked together as well they both came from Stevenson in, in Baltimore where they were working together and, and kind of stuck that staff together. And then I guess one last question about the situation. I'm just shocked that you, he, they played for you. That's pretty cool. Yeah, me too. Um, you playing in that rec league that you mentioned, though, how does that go? So who's who's the star player out of the U3? Yeah, it's, it's not me. Uh, <laughs> I, I struggle a little bit now. They make me play defense. Uh, Mathis has still, uh, still got a bit of skills to him. He's the young gun, but uh, but whenever Coach Bordeaux and I start yelling at him, he kind of goes in the shell. So, yeah. <laughs> No, but um, Andrew's actually really hands-on with the team in terms of practicing, too, with them. Um, we may, I know you guys are making fun of him in terms of his conditioning and stuff, so does <laughs> that take an effect on the other team when you guys are playing in the rec league? <laughs> I think in the rec league, we're, we're okay physically. Uh, so <laughs> Mathis is the superstar athletically, but Coach Borland had to sit a couple of games after he and I collided, and uh, I must be in better shape than him because I came out of it okay. But, uh, <laughs> his back's hurting now. He's like <laughs> That's what it was, yeah. Hey, it's old age, man. We're going to get you up there on that forward line, though. That's yeah. what they need to do, yeah. They yeah. keep making me play center back, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, but you guys are four and one at home. That's a huge part of your record. Is that home t- defending that at home turf? What does that mean for you guys? Yeah, I think it's, you know, one of the, the things we've focused on this year was taking pride and wearing the Husky jersey and you know trying to bring in players that have a connection to the school. So you know, all of the I think if you look at our recruiting class for 2018, a lot of the guys are within an hour or so uh, here, and a lot of Midwest guys, and so I think they're familiar with the school and familiar. Of, you know some of the tradition from NIU and so yeah when we're on home soil I think it means a little bit more than perhaps it did last year to, to the team. Now you mentioned local recruiting but you also um, have a lot of people from Texas this year you want to talk a little bit about that like the players from there and what kind of sparked that kind of recruiting? Yeah so obviously we had the we got several guys from the Houston area um, you know we've got uh, three of them are, are seniors now so Nixon, uh, Kevin and, and Gio are all in their final year and we'll be honoring them on Saturday and um, you know, for both Nixon and, and Gio, they're coming back from pretty serious knee injuries and kind of had to ease back into it. But I was delighted that they, because they both were on, it was multiple surgeries for them and they were kind of weighing whether it was worth coming back or not. And I think they both saw, hey, there's a chance for something special to happen this year. And they both worked hard and I think they both looked good in training and doing very well. Uh, Kevin Rodriguez is obviously having an outstanding season. He's I think second in the conference with assists. He's uh, scoring a few goals this year as well. And, you know, he's been a catalyst for a lot of our, our positive attacking play. And then, uh, you know, we've got Christian Molina, who's uh, also from the Houston area in his junior year. And he's coming in, putting in good minutes. And then we've added 
uh, Irvin Dominguez, who came in as a transfer from Richland College and from FC Dallas, and he's been a, a major impact onto the change of mentality and the change in style for our team, and has already stepped into a captaincy role and has been fantastic for us. You think that connection, um, that local connection, kind of helps players like on the field? Obviously, it probably does off the field, but do you think it kind of helps them just generally? Team chemistry? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, a lot of the, the guys from the Chicagoland area have either played together or against each other for the last probably 10 years or so. So as we start getting those commitments, I, I think they all start recognizing, hey, that's a really good player. Or this is someone I know, and I know how they play. And so I think that's helped a lot. And then they're a good group of guys as well. I think they've they've uh, gelled pretty quickly. Sometimes I feel like I'm in a kindergarten school with them, some of the guys that's <laughs> going on. But uh, no, it's really good. And I think they're a fun bunch and enjoy being around each other. And it's easier to work hard for someone that you that you like as well. Before the, I mean, before we end up changing uh, topics a little bit, you mentioned kindergarten school. You have two freshmen on this team that are outstanding, the Mark and Nick tw- twins. Well, we've got more than two that are outstanding, but yeah, those two. Oh yeah, are but those, these yeah. guys. But these guys, I feel like every week we see a press release saying the Mark and Nick, one Mark and Nick does this, one Mark and Nick does this. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, we. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Those guys have got great backgrounds and uh, uh, in the game and had outstanding club and uh, high school careers, but they were still flying a little under the radar it seemed uh, when we were talking to them uh, they seemed a few schools knew about them but they weren't getting the interest that they, they probably deserved or uh, you know a, a number of offers but we got them in here and I think it was a, a perfect fit when they came in and visited they they felt comfortable with the school they felt comfortable with our guys and enjoyed it and yeah they've had a tremendous freshman year you know I think uh, Nick was number two in the country for freshman goals uh, he's up there at the top end of the conference for goals so that's been great. And then Anthony's scored a handful of goals, got a bunch of assists. So obviously they've got a chemistry between the two of them, but those guys have slid straight into the, the team chemistry. I think the guys all like them, and you know, it's a good a good fit for us. So you mentioned uh, that you're kind of managing, what, a kindergarten uh, kind of atmosphere. You guys got any, uh, like, funny jokester guys? Like, who's the funniest guy on the team, do you think? Who's the biggest, like, troublemaker kind of guy? Well, it probably is those two. I mean, uh, <laughs> Anthony and Nick, and it, it is, you know, I, I try to, I try not to lump them in together because, you know, I'm the father of twins, and I know that it, it can be, that can happen at times. You look at the twins rather than them as individuals. But, man, oh, man, I asked uh, Anthony a question about a recruit yesterday, and instead of giving me his answer, he turned to Nick and said, hey, do we know that guy? So there's not a – I was asking Anthony a question, but he had to get the, his the support from his, brother. from his brother. But, no, they're – Checking I mean, in, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, but I, those two are, are a lot of fun. But I think uh, Louis Sala and uh, I think uh, Adrian Corona, all those guys, they're, they're all kind of goofy kids, and uh, they're a lot of fun to be around. It's awesome that you can compare your kids to your actual kids in – <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, before I came here, I was at uh, my three-year-old's, uh, my three-year-old twins. They had a Halloween party, and sometimes the way they act and the way our guys act isn't so different. Real similar, so, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so transitioning a little bit, we mentioned your accent. You're from Perth, Scotland, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really interested to know how was that transition from there to the U.S. Like, when did you come in? So I came years? over. I was in college and back in Perth, and um, I got a just a summer job coming over and coaching and. Uh, you know, this is probably 20 years ago, and I don't know if things have changed this much, but it seemed that Americans were really impressed with people with accents. And, and <laughs> immediately, <laughs> Nothing's changed. That's right. no, so no. so we, we got jobs essentially coming over, coaching soccer to kids. It was uh, in 96, so the year that Major League Soccer started over here, there was a big push for, for camp. So I came over, did that for a year, and then the following year ended up coming over and uh, playing college soccer. And, 
you know, I think that's easy. When you come over in the fall, the transition's pretty easy because you walk straight into a soccer environment, a locker room where, where you get to know everyone. And uh, But, uh, you know, I think the transition was, was relatively smooth. There's still uh, I still have a hard time with some of the your accents over here. And my seven-year-old's coming home with schoolwork. I was just talking to the, the guys about this, that he's working on his vocabulary. And one of the words, they were, they were working on E-words with double E, and they were in different categories. And one of them in an oddball category was the word B-E-E-N. And my wife said, yeah, we, yeah, because it's pronounced bin. Bin. And I'm, it's not bin, it's bean. It's uh, <laughs> still bean. So for me, it wasn't an oddball word, but apparently it is here. So every now and again, something pops up. But otherwise, I miss my fish and chips. But uh, <laughs> You probably get them somewhere else. Yeah, I saw them there, yeah. Yep. Maybe not in the middle of the country here. but uh, Definitely not. But so what are other, some other things that kind of are odd that it, the transition, you know, like you mentioned words, like was there anything else that was unfamiliar to you that kind of changed when you came to the U.S.? You know, one of the things that was interesting, so I, I started when I first came to the U.S. and kind of moved in, it was in uh, Columbia, Missouri. And so I drove by uh, Mizzou's football stadium and somebody was explaining to me this was a, a college stadium. I, I couldn't quite wrap my head around it, that it's something that size. And I was then very excited to get on the field. But it turns out football has a little more support than, uh, than my football. So uh, I went from seeing that to playing in a, in a park somewhere. So did you know the difference between American football and football at that time? Because that would have been funny if that you thought that was your stadium. Yeah, no, <laughs> no I had an idea. I'd been to the Scottish Claymores were in uh, oh, okay. NFL Europe. I went to one game, didn't understand what was going on. I, I never went back. But uh, yeah, no, I, I knew there was a difference. Yeah, so we, you mentioned uh, we mentioned soccer here. So was that always a thing for you in Scotland? Or did you when did you originally get involved with that before yeah, college? No, I, I've been playing probably since I, I could walk. I mean, I grew up in a neighborhood where it was uh, all the kids around me played, so we would all meet out front, and, you know, the soccer ball was the first thing that we got. You know, we'd get to the summer months, they would take the, the goals down, and we would try cricket for 15 minutes and realize it really was as bad as everyone thinks. So, uh, <laughs> But, no, it was soccer. I was I was a runner a little bit. I did uh, cross-country. I was a kind of middle-distance runner, but, uh, yeah, soccer was, was, my, was my sport. Did you have, like, a primary, secondary sport, like – Something you enjoyed doing, maybe. So, so I, I was a member of a running club. Um, club. Mainly, I had joined because I thought it would make me a better soccer player. But I ended up going to the Scottish Nationals for uh, the the fifteen hundred meters. Really? Yeah. So I was, I was an okay middle distance runner. And then after that, I played squash, which was kind of a version of racquetball. Um, uh, but no, I mean, soccer was was the main yeah. thing. I'm, I'm trying to preview ahead the Twitter questions. That's going to come into play. That that running background is definitely going to come into play in the Twitter questions. <laughs> um, but what's something? Uh, what's the best thing about Skyland that maybe myself or the audience may not know about? Something interesting. Other than the fish and chips. Yeah, yeah other the than fish and chips, chips are good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think whenever I go over to Scotland, it's interesting. Now, whenever I go, it's typically with my with my family now, who obviously here are all American. So I get to do a lot of the tourist things that. Uh, I didn't do so much when I actually lived in Scotland. So getting to the probably my favorite place is the, the Wallace Monument, the William Wallace Monument in, in Stirling. So it's not something I did a whole lot when I lived in Scotland, but now when I take Americans over, getting to that and getting to the, the castles and stuff is really a pretty cool thing. And if you can deal with the weather, it's, it's really a pretty nice it's, place. It's b- worse than DeKalb? The weather out there is worse than DeKalb, you're saying? We just get a lot of rain. A lot of so, rain, oh, yeah. okay. So, I mean, you know, I think the highs are usually once once we get to 80 degrees people start passing out but uh it, it, it doesn't get too cold but uh but we do get a lot of rain all year definitely so i guess we're going to transition now to our twitter questions here um right. so we took the twitter obviously before the show you already knew a few of the questions um in our facts about the pack segment so 
when we were talking about the running, this is what I was talking about. Our first question here comes from fellow cross-country head coach Adrian Myers. How fast can you run the 400-meter relay right now? You, you said that you weren't well-conditioned in this rec play. But. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the 400 is not, not an ideal event. In fact, it was my worst nightmare. It was kind of one of those where it had to be a sprint all the way around. I, I, I don't but know. But you got that I, background running. I, oh, exactly. I'd probably beat Coach Myers. but I, I, I Oh, really wait, hold on. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm taking that back. Don't, no. <laughs> don't make this a challenge. I was about to say, we might have a top-shelf challenge, <laughs> yeah. coach-off challenge. That might be kind of cool. We got it on record now. We got it on yeah, record, That's yeah. right. No, at 400 meters, I'd probably have to stop for a break after uh, 200. But <laughs> Give him a five-minute break. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd be happy if I could get around that in, uh, in 75 or 80 seconds. I can't wait to see Coach Myers' reaction after yeah. he hears that. Oh, Coach yeah. Swan says, I'm a bit worried about his reaction. He's a big <laughs> MMA fan. I don't know what <laughs> he, he, he might sure start training now. Yeah. yeah. Myers is a big runner, so. We got to make sure he knows. Um, so I had to get this question approved before we started. But, uh, <laughs> oh, dear. So, uh, Northern Star perspective reporter Chris Grask wants to know. Who would win in a fight, Ryan Swan or Matt Swan, the comms professor? Well, I don't know. Do you know who Matt Swan is? Yeah, yeah. No, I do. <laughs> you know, the thing is, uh, I, I was a. A comms major in college oh, wow. as well, cool. so I think that we wouldn't resort to violence. We would probably just make <laughs> it a, a communication <laughs> a, battle. There you go. And obviously, uh, I think his background is probably stronger than mine, so I'm going to give him the victory in, in the debate. It's All right, a college debate. student question. There you go. <laughs> That's That's right. That's good that was a good response for sure. Um, yep. So, my question here from Twitter is: What is something that most people don't know about you? Something uh, interesting. Poof. We just found out you're a national competitor in running. I was once. Um, On the spot. Yeah, and so I guess that we've already talked about it. I have, I have twins and a, and a seven-year-old. Um, what else is out there about me? Um, I guess the, the other thing is that, uh, and I kind of mentioned this, but I'm, I'm a mean racquetball player. That's, you, know, you, asked, uh, <laughs> you asked who the, the top soccer player was, and you know, Mathis has still got the fitness, but even when he had the fitness at, uh, at Drury, I used to beat up on him pretty regularly. I, I taught the racquetball co- course at uh, oh, Drury really? for a couple of semesters, yeah, and, and used to beat up on Mathis and his teammates very regularly. So, so Mathis was in your class in the racquetball course? You know, I don't know that he was, but uh, a couple of his teammates were, and, and Jack's very confident uh, at a lot of sports, so he challenged me and then has not done so since. So uh, <laughs> That's interesting. That oh, would be cool really to cool, get yeah. that recorded. Yeah, Maybe we can get that one on. Yeah, you know, Jack. Jack Qu- is very good at sports that aren't really sports. So he's good at golf and he's good at uh, table tennis. And this this is sparking uh, an idea for me, like maybe to have a show where coaches compete against each other in different sports. Oh. That would be kind of cool, produced yeah, by Top well, Shelf Sports. Well, uh, what I will yeah. say is that we're not. I'm not getting in that bubble again because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're taking it all back now. Or you're not going to compete in it. No, no, any sports. Give me legit sports. But that uh, the bubble ball challenge thing that I had to oh, go boy. through. Yeah, I got a uh, crushed <laughs> there. So. So um, I guess, lastly, the audience wants to know, it is Halloween today. Do you have any Halloween plans or, more importantly, any costumes you plan on wearing today or <laughs> throughout this weekend? Well, you know, the Halloween plans, is, uh, it's, uh, this morning I was at uh, my, my three-year-olds had their, uh, their daycare Halloween party. So I was there first. Um, and it's, it's also my wife's birthday as well. So happy birthday, Courtney. She's She's got a big one. I won't tell you the number, but uh, she's got a big <laughs> birthday today. So... We're gonna go. We're gonna go trick or treating this evening, and then I think uh, dinner with the with the family. My my in laws are in, so we're gonna celebrate uh, Halloween and my wife's birthday. So no costumes. Oh, I was about to no ask costumes. that. What's up with that? No costumes. No costumes for me. Yeah, we're focusing on the, the kids. They've gone through about five costume changes, so <laughs> just focusing on them. I'll say your uh, sorry, your uh, 
Actually, your son came on last year this podcast. That's uh, right. He's, he's going to be upset that he's not on this year. <laughs> what uh, What's he going as this year? Yeah, he, he went as a, like a character from Halo. Like he was. Oh, dressed, nice. Yeah. I used um, to play that game growing up, yeah. But I think yesterday he was he went to another thing. He was dressed as a knight. And so he, the kid's got more costumes than I, I know what to do with. So. <laughs> every every hour, new costume. That's huh? right. He'll yeah. surprise you tonight. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Well, we appreciate you coming into the Northern Star Studios and wish you the best of luck the rest of the season. All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. Coach. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Inside the Huskies podcast. Keep up to date on Northern Star social media and pick up your copy of the print edition every Monday and Thursday across campus. The next edition of Inside the Huskies podcast will drop on November 16th. Let us know on social media who you want to hear from. I'm Tom Burton. And I'm Eddie Garcia. Thanks for listening, and as always, Go Huskies! Huskies.